Hello and you're very welcome to the Life Changes podcast brought to you by Westmeath Libraries and supported by Creative Ireland. Over the course of this 10-part series, we'll be talking to local people from all walks of life about various changes they've made and how those decisions have enriched and improved the quality of their lives. You'll hear interesting stories from all sorts of people sharing their own unique and inspiring reflections on new directions. Father Shea Casey would be a familiar name on the campus of the Athlone Institute of Technology, where he offers guidance and support to the large community of students. Recently, he met up with Anne-Marie Kelly to elaborate on his vision for inclusion, contemporary Christian life, and his own ongoing journey of expression and understanding. I've been in Athlone basically since 1977, September 1977. I was ordained for the missions in, I was appointed to Zambia, to Lusaka. And I ended up, I got a bloody blood disease from, probably from cattle. Right. A thing called the tetsi fly. It's called sleeping sickness and brucellosis. And it really crippled me. Right. So it meant that um, very shortly after I got there, I was, I got very sick and uh, I was told by one of the doctors, she was a Holy Rosary nun, I could get home as fast as you can because you're losing weight rapidly. We're not sure what you have. Hopefully it's not cancer. And uh, I was down to seven and a half stone. Oh, yeah. So I was really, like, mentally and physically, you could say, a wreck. I I come back and I spent the next year, I suppose, just trying to recover. Finally, the time came when I was kind of half right. And one of the priests in Atlanta came down to me and he said, look, we're short in August. He said, could you ever come uh, as work with us for a while. Even if you're not well, he said, well, answer the phone. So I, I came for two weeks in August in 1979 and I'm still there. Now, isn't that just crazy? Still answering the phone, are you? I'm still answering the phone, yeah. And I still am, actually. It's an emergency <laughs> like we are. I got a job then the following year. Yeah. My health had improved a little bit and um, Bishop, Bishop Daly, Cardinal Daly, asked me would I work in the Bower and in the Marist as a chaplain. So I shared my time between the two places. Now, it was... A brilliant experience because, just thinking, I was kind of quite brittle. Like, my whole trust in life had been to work on the missions. Right. And, and you know, when you're young and that, you don't have much of a clue what that means even. But you were going to do it anyway. Mm. And uh, there was a great tradition of Kiltegan men going out and you could go to Brazil, you could go to Africa. It was a dream. But then the dream was taken away and I was back in Ireland and I was quite sick. Anyway, it was kind of the interaction with the young people in the, in, I always loved working in education. When I was in student in Katigan, I used to teach in Baldwin Dad's vocational school. So I, I, like it was something I loved and I loved the idea of education, of just trying to open up the minds of people. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, sowing a seed here and there and um, just when you meet some some kid that's really maybe good at English or something, or history, or just has a particular slant on things. It's really great, uh, you know, if you can feed them information or just walk with them in their journey of discovery. It's really fantastic. And the bishop asked me, would I go to the, the if it was the regional college at that time. Mm. I just felt it was, it was a great challenge. It was totally into the unknown, uh, but it was a good challenge. And Dr. Fenton made me very welcome, and... Uh, so did the staff, 
Um, so it was, it was a good kick-off. The bishop bought us a house in a place called Auburn Heights, which I still am living in. But like that was meant to be a kind of an open house. Now there was no there was no handbook for this. It was just just developed as uh, on the hoof as you wanted. Mm. Very quickly, a, a young fella from 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 um, Leash hit his head off a, a urinal in in the shack. Oh, he was badly injured. Right. And he had several stitches in his head. But when he came out, he had nowhere to go. Mm. Like he he needed to be minded. So I said, listen. Move in, move into the house, we have a couple of rooms, and see how it goes. And so we became great friends, and he's a great cook. Then he said to me, look, there's another friend of mine living in terrible accommodation. Uh, do you mind if, if they join us? So that, that's how it started. Then it took on a kind of a whole thing, like it became a team. I'm talking about the uh, 86, 87, okay. around that time. right. So at that time, like, there was no mobile phones or anything like that or no computers either. So if there was an emergency, like, say someone someone died. Okay. Now, if it was outside of college hours, where would the ring yeah. bring us? Yeah. Now, we would have to go then and find the student and get them home. Or if there was an emergency, that time there wasn't that many ambulances on the road. Say someone had an asthma attack mm. and uh, the, their friends would ring you in. Or somebody attempted suicide and cut the wrist very badly or whatever it could have been anything maybe took too much drink had turned purple mm. they didn't know what to do with them I would have um, responded to them so we, we it quickly developed into a, a kind of an emergency phone line so you have like these people living in the house yeah. and they they're giving back to you is to become almost like a volunteer yeah. to, to, to reach out to exactly. and that's teaching them a lot more it, than it, isn't it, it is and it, it's teaching me as well yeah because like I'm going into their house like and then it became like even though you said no the, the country was very uh, Catholic and it, it's what like in faith practice yes, yes. definitely yeah. But there still was a huge gulf between young people and their local clergy or that. Like, you definitely wouldn't go into the house and have a pint. No. There was an us and them. Yeah. I mean, where I grew up yeah. in Leash, yeah. the house was very much separated from the community. It, it, and you, you're lucky to see him if you go to yeah, confession. Yeah, and it was yeah. very much, you rang the doorbell, you brought, were shown in the sitting room and that was, the business was yeah. discussed and then it was finished. And, and you'd get it. lost in the carpet as you yeah, walked exactly. in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, whereas the carpet in our sitting room, the problem was getting the puke cleaned up after. <laughs> I'd imagine you would have, have the, the crack, have the chat, but then there'd be late night chats about, yes. so do you really believe in God? Like, do yeah. you, re you know, yeah. and I'm sure that happens a lot. Or, it? Or, well, it does, of course. And it's, but you see, the, the gospel is, <laughs> pardon the language, can be a lot of shit, like, mm. unless you live it. Mm. And so many people talk about it. But like the Good Samaritan, uh, just, you know, when you look at the real essence of what the gospel is about, it's washing the feet. I'm, I'm a servant. Do you know, I, I didn't come here to, to talk down to people. Is that how you live? And that's how I live. That, that, but I hope that's how I live. Yeah. But it's always, uh, you're always pushing to that standard. But like whether, you're, whether you reach it or is another, bit, is another <laughs> yeah. debate. The great benefit of working in a place like uh, an educational institution is that there's a multiplicity of ideas coming at you from different people. Now, and like since 2000, right. our college has developed a huge uh, international side to it. It has, yeah. So, like, we have 65 different countries represented on the campus. Like, so we have every one of the religious kind of um, groupings in the world there, and none. 
and you have quite a quite a sizable number now who would say, you know, I'm atheist. Yeah. But then uh, I do joke with them. I say, ah, that's bullshit. You're too young to be an atheist. <laughs> when you're 85 and dying, you can tell me you're an atheist. Yeah. But, but you haven't. You have, what, what life have you experienced yet? Like, you know? It's true, isn't so, it? So, so yeah. uh, that, that's the kind of stuff. And would, and, they, would, would they be open to that conversation? Oh, absolutely. At the, the crack we'd have, like, you know. Uh, it's a human connection. It's a human connection, yeah. Yeah. And, like, there's guys and girls who care for each other really, really wonderfully. And who, you know, uh, put up with, you know, little blips of mental illness and shortcomings and things like that. But they learn enormously. Have you learned from them? Oh, I have uh, learned enormously from them. You know, now we do have a, we give out free food from Tesco's. So every night we collect baskets of food that normally would be dumped and we go around to the student body and deliver them out to people that, mm. that you know, we have them all on a, on a, a text thing. Yeah. Now, that's a great way of meeting people. Because, like, when people text you and say, Shay, we, we, we really, the fridge is very low, we don't have anything, and we don't have any money, the grant won't be coming in for two weeks or a week or something. And the accommodation. A and, yeah. Co- yeah, and come and you drop off a basket of food of mixed fruit and vegetables and meat. They are delighted to see it. It's a great joy in that. And it's a great joy for us in giving it, like, even though it's not costing us anything, only time. You know, you enter into their world. You say, without talking about it or palavering about it, you are saying, I walk beside you at this time. Because, like, it's a four-year period, Mm. really. I walk beside you at this time, and I'm trying to... my primary aim is to make sure you probably get as good a qualification as you can that you survive mentally and physically and that you become a wonderful like open person they're really important years in forming you as a person i know know people say secondary school can be like that i think you're a bit young yet to know what you're like so you form yourself don't you those years you you do and of course i I, no i'm I'm not being being uh, pretentious here but i think I think I'm fortunate that I have uh, been allowed to develop a very liberal view. And I don't mean liberal versus conservative or anything like that. But like, I don't belong to the Holy League of Decency. (laughs) (laughs) The the Holy League of Decency. The Holy League of Decency, because sometimes you get phone calls from people, you know. How can you justify that you're a priest and you're doing this and you're letting this happen? Does that happen a lot? It happens down again, you know, you you get it every so often. But they don't see the other, the other, you see, the, the church, unfortunately, has had a very strong kind of, everything was built around morality. Yeah. And like, uh, God forbid, like students would have sex before marriage or anything like that. And that world has changed completely. Absolutely completely. And, uh, but those are wonderful people. Don't just judge them on that or mm. that they go to mass or they don't go to mass. Judge them on how they respond to the needs around about them and to each other. There are so many good Samaritans there. Did you think that before? Yeah, I probably did. Uh, well, I saw it in Africa, I suppose, a fair bit. I was very lucky that I went to Kiltegan. Uh, it's a missionary seminary. And I suppose we had a different grounding, if you like. You know, it was... What was that? Uh, I, I think that was just their, 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 their ethos or their philosophy. So you have become more worldly, you know, as a result. From, from your, you're saying to me today that from experience, you know, from people, it's from literally yeah. meeting young people from all different cultures 
uh, wherever they are, are from, that you, you're still learning every day from how they act. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they're taught. Like somebody from India will perceive life very, very differently. Like I have a lovely video from this year of a Japanese fella singing country roads in Japanese. <laughs> like, where would you get it? No. You know. And, and we have a piano and we have several guitars. And there's a wonderful Malaysian guy and a couple of French students who come every Thursday to play the guitars. I'd say you get a lot of letters back, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. from people saying you're giving them a joy that they may not have got if you've been hiding away in your office. If you, if you came as Father Shea yeah. and you sat down in your office and you were you know, yeah. unavailable from yeah. four to six. Yeah. Yeah. And yet you're, you, the open house idea means not only do they feel um, live, that they're living yeah. uh, their lives. No, they're just stuck. Yeah. And they're not yeah. just stuck studying. They're yeah. living their lives yeah. and they're they're sharing their life experience yeah. with you. Yeah. And have you changed people? Do you think the way they the way they would have maneuvered their life? You know, some of them would say you did, and like when they when they invite you, maybe seven or eight years after they left to do their wedding. Yeah. You know, you must have had some kind of connection with them. You know. Yeah. And 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 you'd see them now with this <laughs> beautiful girl or fella. And you know what kind of a rascal they were when they were a student. <laughs> and like, don't mention the don't, war. I'm sure you're not being asked to be the best man. No, no, I, no don't, don't, don't mention the war. But, and you know something, yeah. they now have children. And some of them I have baptised. I've gone to Italy and France to baptise children. And to America. That's beautiful, yeah. And people often say to me, like, God, if, 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 uh, if I thought priesthood was like what your life would be, I wouldn't mind being a priest. You know, I have a family. The kids that live with me are my family. Yeah. Are, you, are you at one with yourself, do you think? Pardon? Are you at one with yourself? Oh, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. My, my problem is it's not enough things in the time of the day to fit in things. Uh, thanks be to God, I've never suffered from depression or from, uh, you know, lack of meaning in my life. Now, I know I'm getting older, and I'm sure there'll come a time when I, like I just said to, I just said to the lads now, this is, these are my golden years. Ah, we'll come back and push the wheelchair, don't worry. <laughs> you know, I see you push me over the second cliff, that's what you'll do. Is that some of the, one of the key things, is to keep meaning in your life? I, I think it, yeah, if your life hasn't meaning, it's very difficult to, uh, to, to do things. Like, if you, if you see, again, looking ahead from the prism, if you see, if you look out on that lake and if you see nothing but danger and risk and, uh, oh, my, if you're down the boat now, there you could turn over, you could be drowned. Yeah. You know, instead of just absorbing the absolute beauty of it this morning and, uh, you know, the silence and the, the, the birds and the islands and all. And the such, flow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the movement, the movement of the river. Yeah, yeah. But, like, if, if it's, it's, it's a totally different mindset. And, but one is lucky to be able to have that rather than... Sometimes you have no control over that. Like depression comes and goes. Like you know, with people and some people, God help them. They're turned inside out by it. Like you know, and you know, and it must be. I've been I've been blessed, really blessed, and I feel that every day by getting the opportunity to do unfettered access to to work or to walk. I don't say even work with them. I said to walk alongside them. Mm. Uh, uh, young people. Well, it's beautiful because I mean I have two little girls and I'd like to think yeah. I walk alongside them. I yeah. don't push them into into things. Yeah, yeah, because and it doesn't feel right. No, and you 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 celebrate their becoming. Mm. You know, you celebrate that moment of enlightenment that they get as they go along and they'll discover things and they'll discover hopefully love in their life and other things and 
and you'll be there to, 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 to guide them and need to worry about them too. But like, that's part of it too. Mm. Um, when, when my students leave after, you know, maybe two or three years when they're living with me, there is a huge wrench. Uh, I'd imagine, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you get used to more new people, different cultures again, you start all over again. Uh, but like, I've never had a bad one. I've never had anybody that, that said, now you have to get out of here. You're a disaster. Now, some of them have said, we can't live here because it's just <laughs> too, too noisy. hectic. It's just too hectic. <laughs> Imagine in your house. Yeah, too noisy. It's just, brilliant. Do you know the guards came a number of times to close us down because the neighbours complained? Oh, my God. Last St. Patrick's Day, they came to our garden. There was 27 in the garden having, having a lovely meal. And they were all decorated with the flags and everything. And the guards came and they were so embarrassed. They said, look, Shay, we have... We, we did just get them to finish up and go. <laughs> so, in fairness to them, we did. But, uh, but like a, a Christmas party. Oh, I love it. A few times the guards had come, you know, mm. and we started singing Holy Night and <laughs> pretended it was a prayer week, you know. <laughs>